Welcome to TechSess. This is the first of a two-part series covering Email Hijack, which is a book that we recently published, which talks about how hackers break into your email to plunder your business bank account. Sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? And how every business, just like yours, is under attack every single day. And here's what to do about it. I've heard for a long time that you should tell stories if you want to get your point across, because let's be honest, people don't listen to stats and statistics and figures and kind of boring technical stuff. So I've got a story that I want to share with you today. And like I said, this is going to be the first of a two-part series. And the part two of this story is going to be out in a couple of weeks from now, because next week we have our charity partner episode. And if you come back in two weeks time and make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player in the meantime, you'll be notified of when the second episode goes out because you don't want to miss the conclusion to this story. So today we're going to cover parts one and part two of the story and then parts three and parts four will be in a couple of weeks. So part one is the discovery. David sat back in his chair, the blood draining out of his face as the implications of what he had just discovered began to sink in. Just over £12,000 stolen from his business bank account. And because that money had been intended for a key supplier that he still hadn't been paid, a total hit to his cash flow of more than £24,000. How? 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 It wouldn't kill the business, but it would make things very tough for the next few months. What would he tell the staff? What would he tell his wife? Today had started off a lot more promising. After 10 wonderful days in Cyprus with his wife and family, David had got into the office at 7am, keen to catch up with the hundreds of emails that inevitably waited for him. And as the owner and MD of a fast-growing business in Edinburgh, it was rare for him to be away from his email for more than a few hours. But he promised the family that this would be a proper holiday, which meant no phone calls and no emails. He checked in with his operations manager from the airport two days ago, and he knew there was no major issues he needed to deal with. He'd felt very relaxed and keen to get back to work this morning. But it only took 23 minutes for that to change. Please can you tell me when this month's invoice will be paid? It's now overdue, the email from his key supplier had read. And David was really puzzled because he'd left specific instructions for this supplier to be paid on time and well looked after. And when he logged into his business banking, he could see the payment had left the bank account. Clearly a misunderstanding, he thought. So he emailed his supplier's MD back to tell her when the payment had been made. She'd made an early start to Monday as well, So she called David five minutes later and after the usual pleasantries, she said that they hadn't actually received any payment. David promised to look into this and that was when the sick feeling started in the pit of his stomach. He logged back onto his business banking and looked more closely at the payment. The right amount paid on the right date using the correct payment mandate. Weird. He arched his fingers and sat back in his chair as he thought through the problem. The payment had been made five days ago and it hadn't bounced back. That was when he thought to check the payment details against the invoice. Oh wow! The sort code and account number that the cash had gone to were completely different to the ones on the invoice. 
The sick feeling was getting stronger as he pressed the button on his phone and called his operations manager. And this was a phone call he would never forget. Yeah, it's all sorted out, mate, his ops manager had said. I paid it the day after the emailed it through, but they haven't had the payment, David replied. Maybe they're checking their old bank account still. I've paid it to the new one. Wait, what was that? What new bank account? David asked, now deeply alarmed. Oh, they've moved banks, his second-in-command answered. Just after they sent the invoice, they sent another email with the new bank details. I amended the bank mandate to make life easy for you. Now, sadly, this is no longer an unusual situation. And it saddens me to tell you that, well, this story is fictitious, the situation that David has found himself in is no longer rare. The outcome is almost always the same. Money has gone from the business bank account, stolen. And nine times out of ten, the entry point is the same too. An email account somewhere in the business has been compromised in some way. Now, when you think about it, the very nature of email makes it the weakest point of any security setup. For many of us, it's both our greatest tool and most hated nemesis at the same time. You have lots of staff receiving hundreds of emails every day. And even the best email filters in the world can't stop clever hackers because they're constantly inventing new ways to get in. All they need is one member of your staff to click one dodgy link. And that can give them enough access to start monitoring what your business is doing. And from there, they can spot ways to access business funds. If a hacker can actually get control of your email, they can usually go on to access multiple other systems and applications. Why? Because... When you forget your password on most systems, you enter your email address and then it sends you a link to click. That huge convenience comes at a scary cost. Now shortly I'll tell you about the most common email frauds we come across, but for now, let's return to David's bad day and see how his business has been affected. The hassle. David slammed the phone down in anger and swore. What was the point of having a relationship manager at the bank if he couldn't help him in an emergency? It was only lunchtime and so far, his morning had been terrible. He looked at the email his operations manager had received from the supplier with the new bank details. It really did seem to come from them, yet something about it didn't feel quite right. And David couldn't put his finger on it. Clearly in a rush last week, his ops manager had accepted the new account details at face value and hadn't thought about it. Losing his temper, David had shouted at his ops manager and called him stupid in front of the other staff. Now this was a big mistake he'd need to apologise for by the end of the day. Now the ops manager was fuming at his desk, going through all the mandates in the bank account and phoning up suppliers to check that the details were correct. While they were fairly sure that no one had got into the bank account itself, David did not want to take any more risks. The rest of the staff were working a lot more quietly than normal. There were whispers going around the office of the business having all of his cash stolen and them not getting paid at the end of the month. David knew he'd need to talk to them all this afternoon and reassure them. He'd phoned his key supplier and thankfully she was happy to wait until the end of the week for payment. She was clear the dodgy email hadn't been sent by them. David wasn't looking forward to telling his wife he needed to take £20,000 of the personal savings in order to meet that payment and then payroll on Friday. They'd both believed the days of emergency director's loans into the business were long gone. The phone call with the bank hadn't gone so well. 
After holding for 20 minutes while the relationship manager spoke to his immediate supervisor, he said there was nothing the bank could really do to help. They would attempt to get the money back from the bank the payment had been sent to, but in his experience, that money would have already been removed and the bank account abandoned. It was unlikely anyone would be able to follow the payment chain to the end. While holding, David had googled for advice. That didn't make him feel any better because the payment had actually been authorised by his business. The bank didn't have any legal obligation to refund him. The new online banking system that would have alerted his ops manager to the account name not matching the payment details might have stopped the fraud. But how often did someone just tick a box and click next when doing something online that they did all the time? David picked up the phone again and this time he called his IT support company. If the bank couldn't help, then at least the IT support company would shed some light on the situation. But that call didn't go well either. It took the technician on the help desk just a few minutes to spot how the fraud had happened. If you compare the two emails, the real email from your supplier and then the fraudulent email pretending to be from your supplier, you can see the domain name is very slightly different, he said. The hackers have clearly been monitoring your email for a while and spotted that you regularly pay a large amount to this supplier. So they registered a new domain name that's really similar to your supplier's domain, but it has an extra character in it. Look, there's an extra E. Can you see it? David appeared at the email address. Good grief, the technician was right. So all the hacker had to do was wait for you to receive the invoice and then immediately send the fraud email pretending that you have sent the wrong bank details. Very simple and very clever. I feel so stupid, David said. Don't, the technician replied. Lots of people fall for this. In the rush of getting everything done every day, it's a really hard thing to spot. Now, what we really need to figure out is how they got into your email in the first place, kick them out, and then stop anyone from getting in again. David felt his face start to turn red as something occurred to him. Isn't this something you guys should have stopped anyway? You are my IT support company after all. There was a pause on the other end, then the technician replied. Well, we're not really cybersecurity experts, David. We did offer you some extra protection last year, but you declined it. David thought hard and then remembered. He had dismissed the idea of extra protection. In fact, he recalled the exact words he had used. No need for that. It'll never happen to us. So for far too many businesses, email security isn't an issue until it suddenly is. Not enough put in place a proactive, preventative security strategy until they've been hacked. It's like waiting until you've been burgled to put locks in the door. So now I'm going to share some of the most common types of email hacks that we see. Email forwarders. This is where hackers gain access to your email just once and then they put an email forwarder in place without your knowledge. So all incoming email is then forwarded to them. They will typically target someone in finance and they will create a mail rule to automatically forward any emails to do with invoicing, finance, bank transfers, anything to do with money. And they will forward these emails usually to a Gmail account that they have set up. And basically then they're getting a copy of every email that you receive that contains that kind of information. So it's very easy for them to then jump in and reply back to one of those emails with a fake invoice, just like what happened in David's case here, 
and trick your staff into paying out to their bank account instead of your supplier. Spoofed emails. Now, just as David discovered, one scam is for them to set up a domain name that's very similar to a real domain used by one of your suppliers, dropping in an extra character or putting a sp- something else in the domain name that on first glance might look genuine, but actually isn't the right domain. Or they may use a different extension. So if your customer uses a .com, they may register the .net address as well, which is also why it's a particularly good idea for you and your business to register your domain with all the different top-level domains that are available so that someone else isn't able to register that one and then spoof your business. Now, of course, there's loads of TLDs or top-level domains and what I'm talking about there is the extension afterwards, so the .com or the .co.uk. Most people will register the .com, the .co.uk, possibly the .net or some other common ones, but of course there's far too many to expect you to go and register all of these because it costs you a fortune per year just registering domains. But um, yeah, it's worth getting the most common ones that are used, .com, .co.uk, possibly .net and any others that are relevant to where you're based or to your business. Follow-up emails. So exactly as David's ops manager was fooled, the follow-up email is a clever trick. The hackers have to get the timing right for this. If they can send a follow-up email immediately after the real email, most people just assume it's real because the timing of it is just its too good. It's too coincidental that that email came in particularly at the right time. But that's the key to this kind of scam working that the email that the attacker sends is timed perfectly so that you or your member of staff doesn't suspect anything is going on here. Compromising a supplier's email. It doesn't have to be your business that gets hacked to lose money. If they can compromise one of your supplier's email and intercept their outgoing invoices, they can get a range of customers to pay money to the wrong bank account. And actually, if you flip that around and imagine a hacker adjusted all of your invoices So your customers were making payments, but not to your bank. Could you imagine how much money you could possibly lose? And depending how well you are on the ball with this kind of stuff, how long would it take to realise that this has been happening? And remember, you're not going to get that money back from your bank. An edited PDF. Now, many people think that PDF in an email is a safe document, but PDFs can be easily edited. We've heard of hackers intercepting invoice PDFs, editing them to change the bank accounts and then sending them on to customers. This is a very clever hack because the person paying the invoice will typically have zero suspicion. A little bit more advanced is using keyloggers to directly access bank accounts. Now, there's a specific malware called a keylogger that sends back information on every button that you press to the hacker. So if they can trick someone into clicking a link that installs the keylogger, They can then use this to see that you visit the bank's website and over a period of time, they can put together all the information that you use to log into that website. And this is why third-party authentication like MFA coming through as a code or to an app on your phone is really important on these websites. Now, of course, your bank account is going to typically have these security measures in place, but think about the systems that you use in your business where you don't have these extra security mechanisms in place and how they might be vulnerable. And of course, we have to talk about social engineering. So social engineering beats all technology. And once a hacker is inside your email, they will be able to gather information and look for opportunities. 
A golden chance for them is when the boss is on holiday because that's a break in the normal patterns of behaviour and they can leverage that. We heard of one company where the boss's email had been compromised with an email forwarder set up and the attackers couldn't send an email from the account but instead they set up a Gmail account in the boss's name and they emailed someone senior in the company saying my work email is not working so I'm using my personal email the message read. The sunshine's lovely here. I forgot to pay an invoice before I went on holiday. Can you pay this ASAP, please? Now, inevitably, the staff just didn't think twice. And in another example, the hacker sent a Gmail pretending to be the boss and said they'd been locked out of their Office 365 account. They asked the office administrator to reset their password and they gained full access to the boss's email while he was sat on the beach unaware he'd been hacked. Staying with that theme... If there was one thing we would enforce with every business that we protect, it would be this. Never let the boss break protocol. Businesses put in place systems designed to protect them. Then the boss will send an email asking for an urgent payment to be made and the staff comply. This sets up circumstances for easy fraud and any hacker sitting monitoring email traffic will see this is happening and know it can be leveraged. Now before we rejoin David's story, here is a scary stat that we have seen over the last few months. 60% of all companies have experienced a data breach within the last two years, many of which are the result of poor email security. Now, there's loads of scary stats out there. If you want to have a more of a look at this, you can just Google email security stats to see for yourself. Now, if you join me in a couple of weeks from now, we'll rejoin David's story as he gets the experts to fix his email security breach. If you'd like a quick chat with me about anything I've discussed in this episode, or you have a specific question about any aspect of your IT or cybersecurity, you can book a call in my diary. Just head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash meet Mark. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app for future episodes, where I'll dive deeper into other IT and cyber related topics. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk. Okay. Okay.